Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Do you believe that the Word of God is truth? Many people say, sure I do. It is the Word of God. But in reality, when it comes to obeying and taking the Word of God literally and applying it to their life, do they really believe it's truth? Sadly, many, and I want to emphasize that, many do not. Take out your Bible and look with me to the Gospel of Luke and chapter 4. The Gospel of Luke and chapter 4. We're going to see how Messiah, how he spoke with power and authority. But yet those who knew him best, who should have been the ones who would have been the quickest to obey and to receive him, they did not. Why? They said the right things, but they did not act in the right way. So what about you and me? We say the right things, but are we living according to the truth of God? Look with me to that fourth chapter, and we're going to begin in verse 25. And as always, we need to pay attention to everything the Scripture is revealing and why, for example, this passage begins in the way that it does. We read in verse 25, but upon truth. Now, what we see here is a conjunction, and we're moving into something of great significance. We see this conjunction is emphasizing something new, but something related. If you recall, last week, Messiah, he is speaking scriptural truth and how that scripture applied to him. But the people did not want to receive him. What did he say? A prophet is without honor in his hometown. And we're going to see how there's something in this passage that's related to that statement. Again, verse 25. But upon truth, I say to you, there were many widows in the days of Elijah, and hear this, in Israel. So Israel had no shortage of widows. But listen to what he says. When the heavens were shut up for three years and six months. Now, you'll remember that in the days of Elijah, God was not pleased with the people. He certainly was not pleased with the king of that northern kingdom, Ahav or Ahab. And idolatry was very prevalent in Israel. And therefore, we see something. God was showing the people that they were not trusting in him. And when we do not trust him, we're not going to be blessed. 
Now, why do I say that? Because in the scripture, there is an inherent relationship between water and more specifically rain and blessing. So because the heavens were closed up for three years and six months, what do we see? We see that God is sending a message that the people are not going to be blessed because they are not trusting in the one true God. If you do, you trust in him. And how do you demonstrate that trust? By acting upon his word, by following the scripture by obeying the commandments of god so once again look at our text there were many widows in the days of elijah in israel when the heavens were shut up for three years and six months and what happened no rain no blessing no food as there came about a great famine in all the land and here land is referring to the land of israel now simply because israel is behaving faithlessly they are involved in idolatry they have a illegitimate king he is not the king that god has chosen he's not ruling in the right location his kingdom is not based in jerusalem but it's based in samaria and he has followed the idolatry of those individuals that do not want to submit to god's order so again we need to ask ourselves am i interested in god's order for my life if you are you're going to apply the scripture to your life you're going to be obedient to the instructions of god and i've said this before and i'll say it now i'm amazed at how many letters we receive primarily emails that that are unhappy because we are told that we emphasize obedience too much instead of grace well let me share with you something biblical when you are walking in grace grace is going to move in your life to teach you to deny ungodliness and to live soberly and righteously in this world where is that found well read titus chapter 2 and verses 11 and 12 about the grace of god that moves to cause us to deny ungodliness let me say it a different way not to disobey god but to live righteously and righteously in fact many times in the scripture it says do righteously meaning behave in a righteous way and how do we do that there's only one way by walking in the spirit how do you receive the holy spirit by the grace of god through faith and then that grace is going to lead you to obedience to submit and this is the problem with israel they're not wanting to submit look now to to the next verse where it says in verse 26 and to none of these none of these widows in israel was elijah sent except for and we have to zarephat of sidon sidon obviously 
we're speaking about Lebanon. But realize that this area was full of Jewish people as well. And what it's saying is this, that God can bless not just those in Israel, if those in Israel are disobedient, God's not going to bless. But those who are even in exile, those who are out of that location where God has called you to be, but if you are listening to God. Now, if you read from 1 Kings chapter 17, what you'll find is this, this widow of Zarephath. What was unique about her? Well, in the scripture it says, and again, 1 Kings chapter 17, that God commanded her. Very important. That's how this passage is introduced concerning her. God commanded her. And what happened? Elijah comes and he speaks to her. He says, fix me a little piece of bread. And she says, truly, I just have a little flour left and some oil. I'm gathering sticks right now to make what she says is going to be our last meal they are starving to death they are in a dire situation but because the man of god and remember this because the man of god spoke what did she do she obeyed she in bay obeyed the instructions from god and then from the prophet of god elijah and of course the prophet of god and god himself spoke the same thing just like what just like god the father and his prophet i'm speaking about the son of god messiah yeshua jesus christ and the problem is this what messiah is saying is you're not obedient he's speaking to those who he grew up with those who knew him best who should have been the best able to perceive this one is indeed sent by god this one is the messiah and he was a man of integrity and they knew it why well remember what we learned he was the one who by custom would read from the haftorah that is the reading of the prophets that that concluded wrapped up the synagogue service by, by that position, it showed they had respect for him, but they did not want to trust in his words. And the problem here is this, too many of us don't either. We, we have this book, we have it displayed prominently in our home, but yet we do not read it enough, nor do we apply it properly to our life. We listen too much to the world and when we listen to the world when we submit to the culture around us just like they were doing in samaria in that northern kingdom what happened god did not bless and and open up your eyes god's not blessing today what we find is this that the moving of god just like in the days of elijah were rare his moving his miracles all of this was very rare and this is what it's saying here let's move on we see another important truth it says here 
except for the the widow who was in Zarephath. This is who he was sent to. Now, verse 27. He wants to give us another example of this. And there were many lepers during Elisha, the prophet in Israel. Now, do you see that phrase both about Elijah and Elisha? We see both of them have that phrase in Israel. And that in the original language is emphatic. And what happens again? Not in the land. Why the land is practicing idolatry. Now, we have something. We have something very interesting because we have another leper that he's going to emphasize that was in the days of Elisha. And it says to none of them, none of these lepers that were in Israel were cleansed except who? Naaman the Syrian. Now, you'll remember that that he was a prideful man. He was an enemy. But what was unique about him? Because he was encouraged to do something, to go and bathe seven times in the Jordan in the flesh. According to his mind, he thought this was foolish. But one spoke to him, and therefore he submitted. And this one who was far removed from God, an enemy of God's people, what happened? When he applied the word of God to his life, trusting what happened, he was healed. Now, leprosy was very rare to receive healing from. Because leprosy, normally in the Bible, is seen as a punishment for pride and speaking unkindly to others. It was a heavenly punishment that God placed upon someone. So it was when God would remove it. And there was a process to go through. But here, miraculously, at the word of God, he was blessed. And that's the message. Remember the context, what we studied last week. Messiah read from the, the prophet Isaiah. He says, today in your midst, because you've heard this, this scripture is fulfilled. And what's happening? Well, they rejected it. And you'll see exactly how they rejected it in a moment. Let's move on. Verse 28. Now, in verse 28, it says, and, and this is that conjunction of unity. It unites two thoughts that that are working together. So we read in verse 28, and all, meaning all those people, that heard these words, heard him speak from the prophet Isaiah and said, today in your midst, because you have heard this, this scripture is fulfilled. It says, and all were were filled with anger in the synagogue, hearing these things. Now, they weren't just angry, but they're going to do something. Now, what has taken place well last week messiah revealed to them 
I am the Messiah. I'm the one that's going to bring a wonderful change into this world. That's what he was sent to do. And through his death, but his death is a sign of rejection. See, they did not receive him. They were not welcoming him. They were not responding to him with faith. But God's God's purposes and plans are not going to be thwarted. God knows all things. His foreknowledge is perfect. And therefore, he utilized, didn't cause, didn't want, but he knew, and therefore, God prepared a plan for his will to be done, that he would bring redemption to the people. But the Redeemer is in their midst. And what are they? They are angry. Look again at verse 28. Upon hearing, that's what it concludes with hearing these things this hearing caused them to be full of anger all those in the synagogue and what do they want to do look at verse 29 and after rising up and they rose up with a purpose now in the scripture this verb usually is is said or utilized appears in the scripture before one serves god or at least they rise up with a purpose the purpose should be to rise up to serve god but what's happening here something quite different they they had raised up for what they stood up in order to do something listen to what it literally says to cast out him outside i realize that that's awkward but the verb here is the word balo balo is where we get the english word ball from you throw the ball but it has a prefix ek what's ek out so to throw out him now it's awkward we would say usually to throw outside him but him appears in a unique location to emphasize them. They are wanting to cast him out, and then we have another word. It's redundant. In classical Hebrew, we wouldn't have that, but this is not classical Hebrew. This is Koine Hebrew, a biblical Hebrew, and therefore it is oftentimes expressed what we might think awkwardly or unusually for a purpose. What the scripture says is this they cast out him outside there's no reason for that redundancy of outside but it shows something it is to inform the reader that they wanted nothing to do with him now not only to take him outside but but they have a purpose for wanting to cast them outside the city notice what happens and they brought him unto the brow and that means the peak of the the mountain and this is the mountain the scripture continues and says upon which their city their city was built and why did they do that well they had a purpose now stoning can be done in a variety of ways one way to stone is just what they were going to do they were going to cast him outside the city for the purpose of throwing him off this peak of the mountain for what purpose 
for the purpose of him colliding, falling into the rocks below. I've been to the traditional location outside of Nazareth, and it's full of stones and boulders. Down below, they wanted to kill him. That's the the implication. And when we are faithless, when we do not believe God's word is true and we're unwilling to apply all of it to our life, what's going to happen? We are going to be moving against the purposes of God. And this scripture is going to conclude with a message. And what's that message? It is futile to disobey God. Nothing good comes from disobedience. But when you're humble and when you are wise by listening to God and obeying, that submissiveness is going to position you in the place where God will bless. And we're going to see next week, blessing will come. But notice what the scripture says. It says, as they were doing this, bringing him outside to this brow of the mountain to cast him down. And the implication is to, for his death. Notice what it says, verse 30. But, and this is this con- conjunction of contrast. They had one intent, but something very different was going to happen. But he went through. Two words, erkomai, which means to go. In the past, he went. And the prefix, dia, he went through. They were there. They had the intent. There were many of them. But this is the Son of God. And God's purpose is not going to be thwarted. Notice what it says. He passed through the midst of them, and then we have something. And he was going. Now, that a phrase he was going just one word in the biblical language it is in the imperfect why why well, i've shared with you many times the imperfect is for the purpose of of foreshadowing a change what was their intent to kill him but it was not yet his time he was going to die on passover in order to be the redeemer because Passover relates to redemption. So it was not his time. They wanted to do it, but they were not successful because it did not fit God's plans and purposes, and his plans and purposes ultimately are going to be fulfilled. Now, whether they're a blessing to you or not is dependent upon you. If you receive his word as truth and you take his truth and apply it to your life, You are going to be blessed by the will of God. But if you reject that word, if you reject him, then you are going to find that the will of God is going to be achieved, but without you. And you're not going to be blessed. You're not going to be a recipient of the good things of God. Look now to verse 31. It says, And he went down into Kepharnachum, that is Capernaum, a city of Galilee. Now, Capernaum is the place where Isaiah the prophet says Messiah is going to be revealed. Remember, the term Galilee relates to revealing. 
And Capernaum, well, in the days of Isaiah, that city didn't exist. But the people saw the prophecy where it says between the border of land between Zebulun and Naphtali along the sea. Well, if you take the inheritance given to Zebulun and to Naphtali and where it meets at the sea, where's that? Well, it was no place. There was no city there. But as the time was approaching prophetically, the people established a city. And they called it Kafar Nechum or Capernaum, the village of comfort, because this is where Isaiah says, the light of redemption. This, this, this Savior who was going to bring comfort to the people. And that's what Messiah was talking about in that, that synagogue in Nazareth that they didn't want to hear him. So again, he went down into Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he is teaching them when? On the Shabbats. Meaning not just one Sabbath day, but over and over, he taught on the Sabbath day. Now, that was his tradition. It's in the plural. Not on the Shabbat, but on the Shabbats. Why? Because Shabbat relates to the kingdom. And his ministry and his teaching heavily were connected to kingdom truth. So the word of God, not me, but the word of God is emphasizing Messiah specifically teaching on the Shabbat as his custom. And last verse, notice what it says. And they were astonished, amazed by his teaching. Why? Because his word was with authority. His word, that word exousia, authority, is authority that is mixed with power. It is an anointed authority. And where does that come from? His word. And let me share with you, what I'm holding in my hand is his word. Not just those places maybe in your Bible written in red, but all of Scripture. Beginning in Genesis and going through all what's called the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. And what was taught there, those same primary messages, come into the New Testament where they are the primary messages of the New Testament. So be wise, lean not on your own understanding, but study to show yourselves approved and study specifically the truth of God and apply that truth to your life. And when you do so, that submissiveness, that desire to obey God will bring upon you an anointing, an anointing with power and authority in order that you will be part of this vessel of God doing his will and bringing him glory and honor. And that's what we're called to do. When we look at the teachings of Messiah, we see that his teachings are so foundational. They express the will of God and they express the will of God for your life. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. 
Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank you.